Hello, Henrietta. Welcome to the conversations with Jason Campbell and Henrietta Galina. And uh, what are we talking about this week, Henrietta? Um, we're talking about a what could be seen, what could be deemed as a lofty topic, but I think okay. through the lens in which we're talking about it, it's quite matter of fact because it's not something that we've not spoken about at some point in probably each episode. But the question today is, is fashion the catalyst for a general loss of meaning? Okay, I see why you're <laughs> calling it lofty. Uh, it seems, is it? <laughs> it? It's somewhat, somewhat. There's a lot to unpack, as they say, surrounding that, that question for sure. This can go in myriad let directions. Me tell you, let me tell you where I'm, I'm approaching it from. Okay, well, you um, clearly have a, a jump-off point. I clearly have a point of view for this. So basically, I've been, I've been sort of catching up on my reading. It's been a really busy time at work, and it's been easing off a little bit and so I've been generally catching up on like what's going on fashion journalism people writing about the industry and the culture at large and it's just so rife with so much rhetoric that doesn't really mean that much and actually what was really interesting is um, I read an article in the business of fashion about Gucci and this new era of inclusivity is inclusivity the new exclusivity and the lens and the and the way in which inclusivity was spoken about, I, I was at a loss because I was like, that's literally not what inclusivity means. Okay. Like, at all. And then, you know, you see, obviously, you know, everyone's running the same rhetoric around diversity and inclusivity and inclusion and representation and equality and authenticity. And it, it sounds different, but all looks the same. So I'm just wondering, what do we even mean when we say these words? Well, uh, it's funny you say that. I've been paying attention to some, say, example, if we're speaking about inclusivity and, let's say, representation is adjacent to that. If we're speaking about that, I've been looking at, like, recently I saw the, the LVMH panel, that ju- uh, the judging panel for that LVMH prize, and I was like, wait a minute, in this age of, like, where the models are so diverse and there's such a, a call for representation, no one, everyone's eyes are open to what's going on, still yet, I didn't see the diversity that I think should be represented on a board like that, that all eyes are on. Um, the, the, a similar thing in Milan, their panel there, and then this week, there was the, the CFDA um, panel. Which that, is actually laughable. I thought that was was a bit strange as well that you know there were a lot of old guards on this panel and it was not representative at all of like what I would think <laughs> of, of you know of, of, of how things are now particularly I did not see one black one black representation on there was there. I thought, no one of color I mean Eva I thought Chen... Ava Chen you know she's on there and that's great and she's a she's a voice and a champion um, for diversity and it seems she says that to a certain I, extent. I, I think she said that that is her charge um, while she's there on the on the board to and, a certain extent and I, and I hope that she will impact those changes to a certain extent you're saying to a certain extent okay you're saying um that uh you think that maybe she's she's representative of the diversity that they want to see on the panel that that if that diversity is like incredibly limited like i don't know about you but i've not heard Eva chen ever really participate in any meaningful dialogue around the idea of representational diversity like not to be a bitch about it but 
given her platform and given how much influence she has. I mean, we've said this before, like Instagram is a monster platform uh, within our industry. And even just recently in Paris, the last Paris Fashion Week, editors, influencers, opinion leaders were arguably were arguing that Eva Chen is arguably the most influential woman in fashion, superseding Anna Winter. So obviously with that platform and with that kind of new crown, I would have thought that actually she might have been saying a bit more. That's not to say that she's, I mean, people could do whatever they want. You know, she's a working mother. She's really flying that flag. She has a lot going on. She's writing a book, blah, blah, blah. Like that just might not be within her wheelhouse or might not be, you know, she might not have the bandwidth for it. That being said, as the only woman of colour in most places, I would uh, imagine... RuPaul, RuPaul Patel is also on that um, on that panel. I believe RuPaul, RuPaul is of um, Indian ancestry. I think what we're saying is, like, particularly, I mean, I, you know, I don't want to get gripey about, you know, the black representation. Sometimes it may seem that we're coming from that corner at all times. Uh, but the, the optics do matter. And when you constantly ignore that call, you know, we have, we, let's go back to Kibwe. We won't, we'll not forget his call for the diversity in the design rooms and the boardrooms and so forth. And just a visible representation. We've had podcasts here about representation beyond the, the runways um, that it, where we want to see where it really matters. And on a board like the CFDA, that's, that's a presence that matters. It's highly visible. And we want to see that an entity like that is making a move towards real inclusive, inclusive Civity by having someone or people there who we feel are speaking for the cause of all people. And right now, I'm sorry, Black is too influential to not have a very visible voice and presence on a board like that. That I agree with. Absolutely. And it is about going beyond the rhetoric because ultimately the CFDA have been talking about representation and equality, but we don't see them actually putting any muscle behind that. So I think that's what the frustrating thing is beyond them even not doing it is the fact that they're saying something and then doing something that is counter to that message. Well, and to, to sort of open up this discussion, we've also spoken about how amazing, I have to say, like when I turn around and I see the amount of black models and I, I think we, we, we pause on that category because it's the most visible one and that's the most, uh, the one that's exposed to a public and it's highly representational right now. Highly, highly. Everywhere I turn, I'm kicking over a black model. We will not deny something like that, but in many ways we're getting, well, at least I am to some extent, getting suspect of that, I'll call it a ruse, you know, where it's like, okay, see, 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 you see all these young, you know, people given these opportunities, great opportunities, young models from across the world given these opportunities to, you know, to, to change their destiny. Uh, however, we're like, no, at least I'm like, no, I will not be distracted just by that alone. Keep that coming for sure. But let's start seeing the stories about said people of color in the decision-making roles who are impacting uh, culture, impacting the company, in impacting the direction and the, and the, and the driving of, um, of companies. That's what I want to see. Right, but that's what I mean about um, using what do these terms mean um, in full effect. So to your point about diversity, we, we know what that means. We know what representation means. But why is that only apparent at one, you know, one end of the spectrum? Like, that's what I'm saying. When we talk about these ideas in whole terms, this idea of inclusion, this idea of inclusivity, are we just saying these words as like buzzwords? Like, are they just buzzwords that don't mean anything anymore? Because to your point about diversity or like this idea of like Gucci being 
one of the most inclusive brands in the world? Like, is that really true when it doesn't include all of us, whether it's from a race standpoint, whether it's a size issue, whether it's even a price point issue? Like, if you're selling $4,000 bags, it clearly doesn't involve all of us. That's not like a realistic manifesto. So like, does the language need to be tailored to the actual cause? Like, would you consider that to be not truthful? Like at what point do brands need to be transparent and stop jumping on these like bigger buzzword bandwagons and just call it what it is? Well, let's take it back a bit though. Let's, let's go back to what fashion was ultimately erected on, uh, the, the, the ethos of this industry. In many ways, it's all about artifice. The, the beauty ideals, complete standards that are unattainable. Remember, this is the history that this, this industry is coming from. It's coming from the history of 16-year-olds year old being dolled up to look uh, as though they're a 40-year-old woman who could afford a certain lifestyle. So in many ways, this, this whole business is a very artificial. And this age, let's say, of the digital age, we always have to reference that in most of these conversations because, of course, it's such a disruptor. But in this digital age, maybe the the transparency about everything is being called for, but fashion, as we know, is slow to respond, and it could be it, it could be that correction is taking place. Fashion is, as I said, is all of smoke and mirror, smokes and mirrors in this business. Maybe it's just finding its new its new uh, channels in this age, just finding its 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 its, its lane and its journey. Um, it, I, I could see it as a case of such. It hasn't really settled into what it is right now. But is it about artifice? Is fashion only based around artifice? Like, I would have argued that there was a shift that definitely happened around the late 70s and 80s where fashion took a turn and was about culture. Like, you could you could document history through fashion, like you could tell stories through fashion, you can take a snapshot of what was happening through clothing and through this idea of fashion, and you could understand like the nuances of like history and like break things down, unpack things and have intelligent conversation and dialogue around what what culture was saying at that time. So I don't think it is only about artifice. I took it I think it took a turn to be about culture and that's what we're losing now, even though fashion has been democratized with digital and social media so it's like why is there no culture like why do things not mean anything well that's that's interesting i think that's a great point and a a very very potent one in that yeah fashion is very much about culture but let's look at we've allowed the streets to define the culture and i think that is the age that we're we're in right now we're in an age where ultimately over the last 30 years there's been a yeah fashion dogma there's always been prescriptions but ultimately the streets have defined what what uh, rises to the surface. And I think we're dealing with some of the ramifications or some of the effects of, of having the streets define the culture right now in that it's in a space that doesn't really show a rigor. It's not about design. It's really about culture. And um, and it's hard for us to sort of hold on to exactly what that is. I think, funny enough, that's what you say. Fashion does, does prescribe, but I think we're living in an age and we're going to continue to live in an age where the streets define because of the digital culture, because we, again, we were speaking about the middleman, it cuts out the middle person. And then yes, in many ways we're going to be, it's going to be defined by what the street says and not what the industry says. But that's the point then, right? Because that's why the Gucci's feel like they need to be talking about inclusivity and everyone needs to be talking about diversity and representation, because that is what the customer, the consumer, the streets, you know, call us what you will that's what we're demanding. And so the art, the issue is 
are brands and is the business taking that on and commoditizing it to the point where it's like, we're going to take this, we're going to pick up this, <laughs> this idea that you want, threes are trends, we want inclusivity, let's commoditize that and talk about $4,000 bags in that context. Like literally in the business of fashion article, they were talking about how, you know, Gucci have really like doubled down on this idea of inclusivity through their retail strategy where now you can like touch the clothes. <laughs> I was like, uh call me an unintelligent, but I don't think that's what inclusivity means. And also thank you for letting us do that. Like I, I didn't, I genuinely was baffled by this entire concept of inclusivity, but even the way it's framed, like is inclusivity, the new exclusivity. It's like by virtue of you positioning it like that. I don't know. It was all just very problematic in the sense that yes, there's a lot of smoke and mirrors, but things always were what they were and things always meant what they meant. And now I feel like we're moving away from meaning in a way that's really problematic because we're now apparently as brands and as publishers and as personalities, we're now all authentic and we're all inclusive. So what does that even mean? <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it, it's not meaningful, I think is what we're, um, I think so we're, what we're determining, we're determining here. I find it, I don't know, usually I'm a bit more decisive in my position but I feel right now that there is some bit of a flux. I don't feel that the that the leaves have settled on the ground at all. I feel that I feel that things are very much still finding their place in this conversation. I don't I don't I don't think that they're they're well set. You feel like we're in the eye of the storm. And, if you wanna if you wanna call it that, yeah. I feel that we're in this in this point of um of definition, I think I said earlier. Just I think we're trying to define this period. Yeah, I mean we're definitely in and we've said this many times before, we picked up on this with our podcast with Rebecca, we're definitely in an era of redefinition. And I think I'm probably looking at it on a super, super like micro level because I'm in it, like I'm in marketing, like I it's my job to create and disseminate messages every day on a micro and a macro and I take pride in that I want that to be true but I find that in a job where I'm trying to really decipher like okay what does inclusion really mean what does diversity really mean what does representation really mean what does beauty really mean like what's this game of fashion and how do you win in this digital landscape you know mapping that against actual metrics of different KPIs and revenue objectives I'm actually trying to do something that feels meaningful at the same time. But then when you look at your competitors and your landscape and the landscape um, as a whole, you realize it's, it's like a weird barometer. Like you're not quite sure what you're doing because it's like you want to, you want to infuse meaning into what you're doing, but no one seems to be doing that. Like literally I saw like a ad and it had, it was really interesting. It had like three models you know, that whole, like, uh, Victoria's Secret-esque type, those, like, three of those, let's say. Um, and it was kind of like, there's a new era of feminism and representation. And I was like, my first thought when I saw that image is, oh, are we still doing this? <laughs> and then to see the, the caption <laughs> and see the messaging, I genuinely was confused. And I was like, what are we saying here? Well, like, here's the thing. See, I have to say, there's a, and I have, um denoted or generational difference before you guys your generation I, I and i have a few examples of this and in recent times as well your generation is very quick to be like 
We're done with that. The page has turned. What is wrong with these people and why are they not here right here with me today? I do not understand. They've been given a few months to change their messaging and they don't understand what is going on here. Bam down fashion. <laughs> but, oh, they I are missing the mark entirely. They're done. They're over. They're failing. Uh, my generation, I think, <laughs> and to say that of myself may seem a little contradictory in my sort of in impatient nature, but I do think that we think differently about um, the pendulum swing and how, what amount of time it takes for people to catch up and for things to be properly instituted into the into the culture and I think things take a really long time much longer than I would say your generation and younger generations think and it's not only generational I think people think that in general yes things are moving very quickly in these times but it doesn't just happen like that I have to tell you even with my clients you know they're seeing on Instagram they're seeing freckled models and they're seeing you know um, vitiligo and all these like interesting these kinky hair and all this new beauty that's going on they don't necessarily understand it. If they're to say, if we're talking about, say, inclusion, messaging, imaging, and all these sort of things that are now much more inclusive, at least from what we see from an Instagram, it's not necessarily out there in all these companies. They understand now, like, the balance of inclusion and, and, and this is, is authentic and this isn't. You know, if you get an Asian girl, a freckled girl, and a da-da-da, no one really knows the combination. And I think what, what is happening is that a lot of people feel, a lot of brands feel that they need to try now. They need to mix things up. They need to shake things up. Some get it better than others. Some are totally failing. I was I saw Michael Kors ad earlier this week um, was one of the things that I yeah. saw and I was just like, when did Michael Kors like veer over to the ghetto fabulous lane? That was never his thing. It was all very common Cassie and yeah, I always got the, the jets and all those sort of things, but all of a sudden is is Binks and very it didn't seem it didn't seem authentic to him. But I think what he's trying to do is like things have gone a little bit more brown, a little bit more, you know, ghetto fabulous, let's call it that, which seems a little of a misnomer, but you know. Um but I think everyone is trying to catch up and are not getting but it this right. this is exactly what I'm saying. Like, what does it mean? Because to the point of the Michael Kors ad, which, yes, I saw. It was... Sorry, I just had to give it a moment. Um, and that's what I'm saying. That was an interpretation of a trend that he did not understand. It wasn't authentic. But he felt that this he idea, needed to be there. He felt like he needed to be a part of this conversation. That's what I'm saying. It was like, it was an interpretation of a trend that he felt like he can participate in. And I genuinely feel like that was his interpretation of, of streetwear, which <laughs> it was not. Done. No, it, it was, was not. It, was, it just wasn't. It, it completely missed the mark. Um, but this is what I'm saying. It's like, what does it mean? Like, what are you trying to achieve? What is right. real about this? Right. And stay and in your lane. Like, if this is not your lane, then the mis then that this is how misrepresentation happen. Yes. When but... you when you participate and get yourself involved in things you don't understand, either gain that knowledge to do it properly. Like, this is how we could creatively pivot into a streetwear lane that makes sense for your brand that's still authentic because still a part of this like trend conversation this is how we can do it and have the bravery to sometimes just be like I'm still Michael Kors like I'm never going to be that cool that hip but this is my interpretation of it in a way that makes sense and in a way that makes me look like I'm informed as a brand and like I understand culture not when you're literally just like only ever talking about 
white thin blondes on a you know getting on a helicopter or a private jet and the next thing you know there's like being stuck with her legs open and being all like <laughs> ghetto fabulous like what even was that and that's when people get mad I, no you're, you're, you're absolutely right and any marketer uh, in working in, in these times should definitely ask themselves that question any initiative should always be asked with that question however I, I'm giving enough leeway for, 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 for people to make mistakes because I think this is not something and especially when you don't have the representation in the company uh, to make to to have things be bounced off and anchored by people who really know you're gonna get it you're gonna get it wrong and all the more reason turning it back inside now all the more reason that you have to look inside out you know for for for, for better 110 for better for better choices to make 110 percent. but that's also what i'm talking about what do these words really mean and are we really asking ourselves those really important questions because you are right, there is a kind of millennial, younger generation idea of this culture of outrage that we have also spoken about a number of times where we're just like, that's over, shut it down, take them out of business. And <laughs> while I think there is validity in that attitude, yeah, it can be really problematic, but that's not even what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the dialogue and infor- and like information, like actual information and informing yourself. So it's like, we need to be having these conversations. Like when we... Uh, when we're going to champion these ideas, what do they really mean? Or are we saying we mean it in the truest, purest sense of the word? Or are we making an interpretation based around the context of our brand? Those are two very different things. They need to be messaged accordingly. But also it's like, okay, what does that mean? Are we going to tap into a trend? Are we even equipped to make these decisions? If you're Michael Kors, probably not. Like, do you then need to look at your hiring practices, like, do you know what I mean? It's like, if you're going to tap into, if you're going to tap into black culture Mm -hmm. and you don't have anyone who's really able to speak to that or make those right decisions, then you should question yourself whether you should Isn't that, exactly, like, isn't that a larger question rather than being like, it's okay because it's, it makes you feel like it's a trend that's going to move on because you're like, it's okay, we just need to get through this period. Right, right. Like, all of you girls move forth and make this streetwear, get a fabulous moment happen. True. No, like that's how you get into the Pepsi H&M issues. Like it is actually, they do actually warrant critical thought. I think that's what I'm really thinking about. Why are we not asking ourselves these questions in a much more intense way, like in a much deeper way? Because these words, they do matter. The, The messages that we put out, like they do matter. Like history will remember. And so I think it's about having a meaningful conversation and informing ourselves that these words and these moments of talking about gender fluidity or feminism or inclusivity, diversity, representation, they can't just be buzz conversations. Like we actually need to really be asking ourselves and asking something of ourselves to like really stand behind this. And like, what else are we doing around it? What are your hiring practices? Like, what are we talking about with our consumers? Like, who are our consumers? Who's even buying this product? Like, it's a much larger conversation that I feel we're not having because we're all just standing behind buzzwords. And we're like, as long as we say inclusivity, we're good. Do you know what I mean? I do know what you mean. And um, I think you've given a great prescription for the kind of conversations that <laughs> that people should be having surrounding these issues out here. So uh, we'll leave it at that because I think this can go. <laughs> it really matters. It really matters. And I think that's I think that's also a really interesting thing because I get this at work as well where people are like, you need to pipe down. It's not that deep. And I'm like, but then is anything that deep? Like, why are we breaking our backs to like be here? I'd much rather work on Wall Street than at least I'm getting coins, like real coins, real life coins to live in New York. Like, if this well, doesn't matter in fashion, then what does? 
well, this is clearly your passion issue. <laughs> so, um, and not oh. that I'm not passionate about it either, but I, this is this is one of those. Last week, I had my my jean cut off, my cut off short. This is what I'm saying. I think the interesting thing about our dynamic is I think we definitely have two different vantage points. Like you get very hopped up around the idea of design and the rigor around like history and the history of design and the practice and the quality and all of those things, whereas. I'm quite happy with an overpriced sweatshirt, right? That means, like, even now you're just like, I can't, you're, you just vomited in your mouth a little bit. But for me, I think the idea and the ideals and the messages behind what we put out and and behind the industry are really important and it matters. And Keyboy made this amazing point before when it was like, but why does it matter if we see black people in the executive or design or even on a kind of advertising level and he was like because those messages get put out and it does impact the way in which we see ourselves and the way in which we see others and so I think that when we use a lot of this this rhetoric and it, it stops meaning anything and we are able to qualify that by saying see it's just an image and they put representation I don't even know, need to know what that means right, like equality versus equity, and no one's having those dialogues, then people are uninformed and they think that's fine. And then they're going around not really asking themselves those questions or even really thinking about real words in real word terms, which is problematic. Okay. okay. And um, on that note... <laughs> we, are, we will put this one to rest for a later date. Okay, bye. <laughs>